Morning, friends. How are you? Happy for your mothers. <laughs> I <laughs> was filtering all of the mother jokes out of my brain and not speaking them. That's what that pause was just then. I was like, not appropriate, not appropriate, not a none of them. <laughs> so, <clears throat> no. <laughs> I just want to wish Happy Mother's Day to my mum in Australia. I love you, mum. I wish I was with you today, but. I'm here, and that's okay too. Um, I got to share like a month or so ago. I don't know, two months ago. When was that? And I had been prepping that sermon for three years while I was sick. I knew that, right? It was my soul. I, today, I'm, everyone's saying, "Do you feel ready?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I've only been prepping this for like a month. It doesn't feel <laughs> long enough." <laughs> But I, you know, when I was talking to Kurt about today, I said to him, I, I feel like I have a really specific word from the Lord today for us. And I just want to do a really good job of sharing that with you. I mean, that's my heart. So um, we're going to actually start right now with prayer, if that's okay. <laughs> Does that seem okay? So Eric Lee's going to pray for us. Sorry, VJ, I did not tell you that. I apologize. <laughs> Thank you, friend. Lord, thank you for uh, Justine and bringing her back to us so that she can preach, uh, so that she can put something together uh, like this with only a month's worth of preparation. Uh, we are just so thankful that you've given her to us and that she can speak into our lives. Uh, I pray today that she would speak with your love, that your love would flow through her and drip off of her words, uh, that our hearts would be open to hear what she has to say, and that we would all know that it is you uh, speaking directly to us, and we would take that word into our heart. Thank you. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Um, we've been in an empowered series for about 16 years, and um, <clears throat> <coughs> sorry, my throat's a little scratchy today. I apologize. Um, <clears throat> and I'm just wondering about the empowered series and you and how you feel about it, uh, because anyone here really like superhero stuff? <coughs> Avengers, Marvel. What are we? Who do we love? Who's our favorite superheroes? Shout them out for me. Thor. Thor. Well, he's Australian, so. Wow, so many. Who else? Wonder Woman. Come on. Who? God. I love that. I couldn't understand you because I was like, I don't know of a superhero named one syllable. What are you saying? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, friends. You guys, I'm just thinking about miracles and empowerment and what we think it looks like. So I'm just wondering, when you think God's going to do a miracle through someone, I just wonder if you think it's like this. You're walking along, and someone cries, help, help, and you go, Holy Spirit, and you fly on in, and you fix the problem, and you flick your cape, and they're like, yay, and you like point to the heavens and then you like fly off never to have to talk to them again. Is that your version of a miracle? You think maybe that's how God works through people or maybe you think it's more like the Hulk. You're just who you are. The Holy Spirit comes upon you and possesses you, makes you kind of crazy, do stuff that you wouldn't do on your own. Afterwards, you come down off it and you're like, oh, oh, I barely, what happened? And people are like, it was crazy. Like God did all this crazy stuff. And you're like, I, I barely remember it. And I need new clothes. Like, I don't know what happened. Um, or I'm wondering about maybe it is like Wonder Woman, a special breed who does special things, but they're different from me. Oh, thank you, friend. Wonder Woman, a special breed who does special things. 
Is that what we think miracles are? Not me. I'm not Wonder Woman. I don't have long legs. <laughs> so I'm at a distinct disadvantage in the miracle department. <laughs> or maybe it's Captain America. Once puny, now filled with the Holy Spirit, and oh so handsome now. Um, he looks kind of like my husband. And, um, and very muscular and always good hair. And never like a bad attitude, you know? You know, just always good. Carrying his shield around, his shield of faith. And he's just like ready for miracles. But I am none of those things. I'm extremely, extremely human, very ordinary. And so where do I fit in this whole miracle world? I don't know. Do you feel that way? Do you feel like, sure, sure, Kurt, you can talk about being empowered. Excellent. I am going to continue the life I am living. <laughs> it could be for a lot of reasons, too. It could be fear. It could be doubt that God is there. It could be a lot of things, right, that hold us back. I am surrounded by very human things. So this morning, as I was focusing my heart to be ultra-spiritual today, I had a kid who was, babe, non-stop whining, correct? I mean, we were like, stop whining. Just stop your whining. Can you just stop whining? How many times did we say to him this morning, use your words, take a breath. We try to have our kids, when they're angry, we have them raise their eyebrows because it like releases the anger out. And then when they're whining, we say, say it with a smile because you can't, you whine and then you're like, Haha. so it, none of our tricks worked this morning. And so I said to Josh, I'm leaving. And so I got in the car and left. And he came like an hour later. Are you okay? <laughs> okay. But you know, this morning I uh, did laundry um, did dishes, cooked breakfast, um, and uh, we both did all of these things. I don't, I'm, I'm not doing this on my own. I'm very, barely domestic, and he's very, very good at it. So, um, but, you know, I did all of the human things, right? Paying bills, working jobs that I may or may not like, <laughs> dealing with people that I may or may not like, doing all the human things, and then maybe watch a little bit of binge Netflix at night, and then fall asleep and wake up and do it again and again and again. There's no Superman in that. There's no Wonder Woman in that. There's no Hulk that I remember. There's, um, you know, there's none of that stuff. There's no beautiful lighting. There's no, like, um, wind machine. There's no glistening hair. There's no theme music in my life. Unless I'm putting my earplugs in to block my kids out just for a minute. <laughs> All the mothers, any mother in here is like, I do that sometimes, right? Because I crave a different life. I want a different life than this. And I dream of, like, what would it be like if I could have, like, a nanny to help? That would be a different life. Maybe I could be more spiritual if I had a nanny to wipe poop. Do you, I am living an earthy life and I don't know how to be spiritual in that. I don't know how to be someone who carries the miracles of God around with me when I'm just doing all the stuff. Do you guys know what I mean? Does this like feel like your life at all? You're like, I have this desire, but I have all this human stuff to do. You know, uh, I fill that craving with things. So I'm a stress eater. Anyone else a stress eater? Okay. Yeah, John, my husband put his hand up. We, we stress eat together. It's part of our relationship. <laughs> Wait, you're going to eat that? Serve some up for me too. What are you doing? Like, right? Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, the things that I put in, I, I have this craving for a different life, and so I'm going to insert certain solutions. So a nanny would be one solution that's looking very attractive for me. And um, because I have a lot going on, guys, you know, I have a small business that I'm working, and I'm also homeschooling some of our kids, and I have a three-year-old and another kid's at a school, so I have to remember to pick her up from the bus. Like, there's a lot going on. So a nanny would be great. Sometimes I would just like a vacation, we staycation, and sometimes I would like to vacate-cation, right? Leave my life. That's why I love movies. Isn't it just a nice escape for a minute? 
It's good. It stays with you for a day or two. And then reality starts to come back. Like today, I would love a spa day for Mother's Day. That would be delightful. It would last as long as I was there. And as soon as I got back into the car, because Josh and the kids would be picking me up, that would be part of the deal, um, it would be back to what it was. If we need a separate life from the life we're living now in order to really encounter the presence of God, we're in trouble, straight up. This is a big, big dilemma. So, <laughs> where are my boys? Got to turn it on, I guess. He's a dog. Nope. Let's go back. Oh, you know what? I have them in the wrong order, but that's okay. I think. <clears throat> I'm going to read Jeremiah 2.13 to you. Is that okay? Isaiah, Jeremiah. Anyone else have the books of the Bible in a song in their brain? Just, just me? Just two of us. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> You're missing out. If you want to know the books of the Bible in order, sing it. It's so good. All right. <clears throat> so this is the Lord talking to his people, and he says, They have forsaken me the fountain of living waters, and carved out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that leak and can hold no water. That's what my life feels like. <laughs> it feels like I'm trying to hold God in me and I'm cracked and broken. And I feel like he's, you know, he's saying, you've forsaken me. I have living waters for you and you're trying to live this cracked, leaky existence. This is what we're talking about today. Does that sound okay? Okay. Um, God says he has life, life to the full for us. And I say, who are you going to hire, Lord, so I can have that life? <laughs> and so that's our predicament today, okay? But I think He's not looking for superheroes and our quest is not to be something other than we are. I think it's more like this. He's a dog in every sense, yet in his soul, he's a wolf. Inside every dog lives a spiritual connection to his ancestors in the wild and nothing connects them more than a desire for meat. So we created Blue Wilderness. It's made with more of the meat your dog loves. Feed the wolf that lives inside your dog with Blue Wilderness. You guys, I love this. This is our metaphor. This is, this is our reality. I am human, but I am spirit inside. And most of my life is a response to a craving, and I'm trying to fill that craving with dog food when my wolf wants wolf food. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to fill my physical cravings. I think I might just stress eat. And what that craving really is, is my He had a very stressful week at work this week and a lot of meetings that you did not want to go to. And he said to me, I would like to quit my job. I'm ready to quit my job. I don't want to go to work today. Um, pull me out. Like, I want out. 
And, and I said, that's cool. I also do not want to go to my work this week <laughs> because I have stressful meetings too. Can we quit and run away? Huh? Such a good solution. There's no money for that. So we had to go back, both of us had to go to work. Um, and so we're going to talk about today miracles in the mundane. We have to go to work, man. We do. And where is God in that? Where is God in the middle of that mundane hamster wheel? Got to pay the bills, got to go to work life. All right. So we're going to be in, if you have your Bibles and you want to flip back and forth with me, it's Matthew 14, Mark 6, Luke 9, John 6. We're reading the feeding of the 5,000, but we're compiling it from all of the Gospels because it gives that nice, broad, like multi-perspective view. Sound good? Um, so here we go. It's a short passage. It was a very long day. Sometimes we think Jesus was Superman. He swooped in, fixed the problem, and swooped out again. But this is like hours upon hours upon hours. All right, John the Baptist was beheaded in prison. If there's anyone on this planet that was a brother to Jesus, it was John the Baptist. John was his uh, prophet that went before him. Yahweh told John the Baptist all about Jesus. No one else got it, John did. Jesus has just heard that he's been beheaded. Even though he probably knew it was coming, he may or may not have, but he may have known it was coming, it still hurt. <laughs> he probably still felt like, Father, was there not another way than to take my John from me? the one, the one guy who gets who I am. And I think also it was a start of the end for Jesus. He knew his timeline, that tick, tick, tick of the end coming. We're T minus now. We just hit it. And so it says, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote, desolate area to be alone. Mothers, anyone else crave a remote, desolate place to be alone? Not just mothers. When my husband comes home and the kids, you know, 5.45 is not our best hour of the day. So he walks in the house and do you crave a remote desolate place at that time? Yes, me too. Let's run away. Um, <clears throat> but you know what? My kids crave that too. We all do. Right? Sometimes we just need a break. The disciples had had their own journey. They'd just been off ministering in twos. They'd come back. They're telling Jesus all about it. <clears throat> and Jesus says, let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He sees their need. He sees, he sees his need. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles did, didn't, have, didn't even have time to eat. Anyone else? <laughs> Do you ever get through your work day and go, I never ate my lunch? <laughs> It was that kind of day. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. So sometimes I run to the bathroom and I close the door real quick and lock it. And I sit on the toilet with the lid shut. And I just sit there and go, and then like very shortly after, little mouths under the door, mom, mom, can I have a snack? Mom, 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 mom. He stole my toy, mom, 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 mom. This is real life. Man, I love that Jesus understands what it is to be needed, needed, needed all the time. That's a very human experience, right? Sometimes things don't end for us. You think, I'm just going to lock myself in my office and get some work done. And then your emails start pouring in and your phone starts ringing and people need you to fix problems, and, right? No break. All right. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He welcomed them and taught them about the kingdom of God and he healed those who were sick. Man, we do this, don't we? Have you ever like gone to school early in the morning and your friend has been up all night and just needed someone to talk to, but you were prepping for a test? but you put it aside and you were there for your friend? Have you ever done that? Have you ever really needed your spouse to get home from work and they get home and they just need to defrag, like 
let it all out, and you say, I will do this with them. I'm going to be there for them. This is very much a God thing in our lives, right? We get stirred by compassion, and we put our own needs aside, and we do things. This is excellent. I relate to this. I don't like it, (laughs) but I relate to it. I think the epitome for me of um, this would be like when your kids are sick. So we have three kids, and one of them is always puking or on the verge of puking, it feels like. And then when one starts puking, then it's going to go through the rest of the house. Um, And there's nothing like being up all night with your kid and then having to go to work the next day. Actually, that's the better scenario. There's nothing like being up all night and then having to stay home with them all day while they continue to puke and then go to the emergency room. Anyway. I just love that Jesus walked this, you know? (laughs) It's my favorite part. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate and remote place. P.S. Jesus, this is not a great place. First of all, let's point that out. Second of all, it's getting late. We've been doing this all day and you said this was going to be an R&R day and this doesn't feel good. Send the crowds away so they can go to nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. Can we get rid of them now? (laughs) Haven't we done enough? It had already been established to us that they hadn't had time to eat. There was no mention of them eating yet. They're hangry. They're done with adulting. They want some downtime. And there's nothing wrong with that, you guys. We're not talking about being run ragged, having poor boundaries, having a false sense of martyrdom. We're not talking about poor self-care. We're talking about God in the midst of real life. Yeah? Jesus said, that isn't necessary. You feed them. And all the disciples were like, dude, not cool. <laughs> you feed them. Don't tell us to feed them. You're the God. You, you want us to feed them? Sometimes the need inside of you is greater than the need in front of you. True? Sometimes you have so much need that the need outside of you seems a little trivial. <laughs> And God says, take care of that need. And you're like, what about me? When me? When, when are we taking care of me? And I feel this in this answer, right? You feed him. What? <laughs> Jesus said, hey, dogs, come on, wolves. Like, <laughs> you're talking about dog problems. And I'm saying to you, come on, feed the wolf inside of you. You're focusing on the flesh, and I want to talk to you about spirit. With what, they asked. We have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. I love how practical they just got with the one who raises people from the dead. (laughs) It just cracks me up. I do this. Anyone else do this? Yeah, yeah, all the time. How much bread do you have, he asks. Go and find out. Mm. I would like Jesus to tell me how much bread because he already knows. <laughs> Can't he just tell me where the source to this, um, the solution is? Man, they came back and reported. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Dude, I, I'm so with Andrew at this point. So here we go, Jesus. Um, The men alone numbered about 5,000. So they've just gone and surveyed 5,000 family units. And the report is five loaves and two fishes. And then Andrew's like, P.S. Jesus, that is not enough. (laughs) I also do this to God all the time, all the time, because I come to a situation, there is an incredible need. I am feeling really frazzled and empty. And he says, well, what do you have in your hands? And I say, not enough, (laughs) 
not enough time, not enough energy. I have nothing left to give. You know, have you ever gone through a grocery store and you see someone you know, and you go, I just don't have it in me to have this conversation right now. And you're like, sometimes I leave and not buy what I need. <laughs> confessions, confessions. Because sometimes I just feel empty. Look, if I'd had a chance to prepare, I knew I was going to see them, I could have been like prepped and prayed up and been full of the Holy Spirit, then I could have been like, stop, take time with them. I felt real good about it. But again, this is not the life I have. And if God isn't big enough to work through the life I have, he's not big enough. True? I do this all the time. This is how God works. Do you guys remember when uh, God came to Moses and said, I'm going to use you? Moses is an outcast at this point. And God, first of all, bush on fire, tree on fire, not being consumed, voice from the tree. At that point, I'd be like, I'm believing anything it says. Because <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> Take off your shoes, Moses. Let's have a chat. So there's Moses, and God says, I'm going to use you to speak. And Moses says, <clears throat> so I have a stutter. You, you probably don't know that, God. <laughs> but I have a stutter, so you can't use me. And God said, who made your mouth, Moses? Gideon. God came to Gideon and said, I'm going to use you, mighty man. Mighty man of valor, I'm going to use you. And Gideon's like... Um, I'm kind of not mighty. <laughs> I'm the weakest of the weakest tribe. I'm the weakest kid in the, in the weakest house of the weakest tribe. You took a left and you should have taken a right. Like, I'm not the guy you're looking for. And God says, yes, you are. We do this all the time, don't we? Who I am is not enough. What I have is not enough. Sarah and Abraham. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. The conversation was an angel telling Abraham, your 90 plus year old wife is going to have a baby. Okay. And so Sarah is listening from the tent. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time. And Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, an old woman like me get pregnant with this old man of a husband because she wanted something different. Maybe a young upgrade would have helped the situation. Um, and then the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid. So she denied it. I didn't laugh. I didn't. I love this. But the Lord said, no, you did laugh. But you guys, that wasn't the end of the story. He didn't say you laughed and so I'm done with you, Sarah. How dare you laugh at me? I'm going to go find someone else. I'm done. It's not the God we have. What I feel like our Father God wants to say to us today is, I've given you opportunities. I've called you into places and you have laughed. You've scoffed a little. It's from pain Sarah's not laughing without cause. This is a very real pain for her. I know this is a hard one to talk about on Mother's Day. She laughed because for years she wanted God to say this and he didn't. She laughed because it won't happen. <laughs> she laughed because she doesn't like it. Why couldn't she had a baby when all her friends had a baby? Why now when she's old? How embarrassing is that? She laughed for all kinds of reasons. Why do you laugh at the opportunities God gives you? Do you go, I'm not doing, I'm not working with these people. <laughs> I would like the miracle to be a different job, not miracles in my current job, <laughs> right? I would like a different set of circumstances, not God in my current circumstances. I think we laugh a little. I laugh, guys. 
I laugh about all kinds of things. The wonderful thing is God is not mad because I laugh. But what he's speaking to me is, your physical man is laughing, but your soul is crying out for this. Will you start laughing at the things that God's put in your life for you to do? Jesus replied, tell them to sit down in a group of about 50 each. So the people all sat down, you guys. <laughs> Robert, can you help me for a second? Awesome. Josh, can you tell Robert what we're about to do? And will you make it happen, please? No, I'm worried. You, you're going to have to get off the stage. You're not, the stage is not your friend. You, yes, use your words, Robert. Use your words. It's fine. I know, right? I don't, Josh, I don't hear them count. It's not happening. Can you go back and try again? I don't know. I, Robert, I'm not, people are not watching you, Robert. They're not, they're not paying attention to you. Thank you. You can be seated. <laughs> you guys, this is what I love about Jesus. <laughs> you know what he could have done? He could have said, all right, Yahweh, let's rain those manna flakes down from heaven again like we did. Let's just rain that bread down on the people. Let's just rain it down. And then they can all just eat right where they're sitting. Right? He could have done that. But in this moment, Jesus gives me the most incredible gift. It wasn't just miracle provision. It was logistics as well. Sometimes we think God operates in the spiritual and he does this kind of genre of miracle and that's his thing. But all the other stuff, we've got to work out. We've got to work out the logistics. I'm sorry, 5,000 family units. What kind of a subway catering bill is that going to take? Let's just think it through. Um, Julie Bronk, are you in here? She's feeding 5,000. Um, just think about it. For anyone that's been in catering, I mean, how many stations do you need? And how long to get all those people fed? I mean, we're talking 5,000 family units. This is a lot of people. This is hours of dividing people up into 50s to have them sit down. That is not like Jesus was like parting the waters, 50 people and sit down and everyone was like, Whoop, <laughs> like this is not, this is, a, this is a logistics piece. If you have a job that requires witty invention, logistics, solutions, numbers, real like earthy type things, guess what? Your God is the God of those too. Yeah, he raises people from the dead. Yeah, he makes miracle bread, but he makes solutions. <laughs> Got to take a phone call when it happens. I totally get it. Um, thank you, Julie Brunk. We were just talking about you. <laughs> All right. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, do you know why he did this? It's so we could see what he did. Part of why I worship with my whole body, you guys, I don't know, <laughs> this is a little tangent. Is it okay, babe? Okay. So <sighs> worship for me is a full body experience. Can I tell you why? Partly because when I lift my cells up and lift it all to God, things change in my physical body. Sometimes I lift my hands up till it hurts. My arms start throbbing. And you know what I think about? I think about his arms stretched out for me. And I think I can keep my arms up because he's worth it, right? When Jesus lifted up 
his voice to heaven and prayed for this bread. He was engaging his body in the wolf world. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? He was saying, yeah, my physical body does physical things, but you know what? My physical body's gonna do spiritual things too. And I know when I engage in worship and I put my whole energy to it, my kids are watching my outside reflect my inside. Sometimes I know it's easier to just sit during worship and I totally get it and we're we're free to do that, right? There's no requirement here. But sometimes sitting looks a lot like sleeping and my babies are watching me and I wanna show them on the outside what's happening on the inside. So that's why I stand and I force my hands up even if the words don't make sense and it feels a little odd because I'm gonna force my physical cells into a spiritual reality. Does that make sense? Jesus right here is doing that for himself and for us. He is saying, this bread is from God and I'm putting it up there so everyone can see the truth of what it is. Gave thanks to God. This is where grace comes from. (laughs) This is why we say grace right here. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, breaking the five loaves into pieces, the 12 guys, the 100 groups of 50 family units, and he kept, what do the words say? He kept giving the bread. He kept giving the bread. Yeah, that's about enough for 50 family units. Next. <laughs> like, and he kept giving the bread and he kept breaking the bread and he kept giving the bread, I don't know, an hour, two hours. I don't know, how long would this have taken? And he kept breaking the bread and he kept, that word kept, isn't this just like active verb? It's like this, and he kept and he kept and he kept doing it and he kept doing it and he kept doing it. And it was monotonous and mundane and routine. And I keep doing laundry and I keep doing it and I keep doing the laundry. You know what I mean? And I keep doing my job. I keep doing the basics of my job over and over and over and over. And God is in that. To the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. Have you guys ever seen footage of a food truck? landing in a hungry land, and the mobbing that happens. 5,000 family units, hungry. Many children whining. (laughs) I would have been like, la, 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 make it stop, make it stop. And they distributed it. I don't know what that would have looked like, but that was not a clean, easy Superman fly-in, fly-out miracle. This is a long, hot, Dusty day. P.S. Jesus is still grieving the fact that John was killed. P.S. The disciples are still ravenous. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. Everyone to share. It wasn't like, well, the front groups get the fish. Everyone got the fish. Mm. Man. Miracles in the mundane, Jesus gets my life. (laughs) After everyone was full, this was not an appetizer. What is the fancy word now? Amuse-bouche? Am I saying it right? Amuse-bouche, do you know what this is? It's a little appetizer on a spoon. It's just a bite to get the sense of the food. This is not my kind of food. (laughs) That is not, oh, that was delightful. That was not enough. Anyway, that's not what happened here today. This was a full meal. Everyone was full. Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. So when I was talking through this with my kids, they were like, because I was like, imagine kids, they were like going through and picking up all the little scraps. I mean, imagine how much time that took. That's crazy. I, I mean, picking up Legos is a lot of work, but this was even more than Legos, you know? They're picking it up, they're putting it in the baskets, but my kiddo, um, my eldest said, Mom, that's not, <laughs> it wouldn't have been scraps like that, it was just the end of the loaf that hadn't been distributed. 
I was like, oh, baby, no. That is not what happened. It's not like Jesus was like, oh, look, leftovers in 12 nice pieces so the boys can come by and pick them up afterwards. It wasn't that. It was scraps from people cookie-monstering the bread. <laughs> I mean, we're talking family units. I can't control how my three-year-old eats. At least his crumbs were on the ground, <laughs> you know? You guys, this is a beautiful thing for me. Those hungry disciples ended up with 12 baskets about this big, about this shallow. They were hand baskets. 12 baskets of dog food for their dog selves and a whole lot of wolf food because they just saw God provide physical need, logistical need, in the mundane, when they were spent, when they were done, they saw the miracle of God work through them as they schlepped that food around to those crazy people and they kept doing it and they kept doing it. I wonder if they needed that bread anymore anyway. <laughs> you know? Talk about an antidote to craving. Total of, oh, sorry, where am I? This is a second rendition that I left in. They ate as much as they wanted, and afterwards the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. In the midst of this dog life, are we still okay with that metaphor? <laughs> Is it weird every time I say dog? But in the midst of this human life, our spirit is craving the presence of God. And this is what empowerment looks like. It's God feeding the wolf in us. When he says to you, I have an opportunity for you, and you go, I just, I just don't wanna. Your dog is winning and your wolf is losing, right? We're not superheroes, we're average everyday people. He invites us into a situation and we look and we say yes. And then he says, what do you got? And you go, I got nothing. <laughs> and he goes, excellent. Let's team on this one then, shall we? And then he does miracles. And the people who receive the miracle, they see it. But the one who is the portal for the miracle sees it truly. Those 5,000 people, did they see Jesus doing this? Did they have any idea that that was just five loaves? Maybe the front groups. And word was getting around. One of the passages say, and everyone was amazed, and then Jesus had to like, run away is what happened because they were mobbing him for more miracles. So word definitely got around, but it was the disciples who knew the exact depth of the miracle that happened. That's you. That's you. You get to have that. You think praying for someone to be healed of cancer and they're healed of cancer and they get the most benefit. That is true. That is true. But you will never forget that, ever. I actually have someone in my life who we prayed for to be healed of cancer and she was healed and not a lot of acknowledgement of God. I cannot forget it. Every time I see her, I go, miracle, miracle. It's amazing. This is what God's inviting you into. So Josh is a much better human than me and a much better wolf than me on a lot of levels. Do you know what he did this week before his meetings at work? What'd you do, babe? He prayed before his meetings. And I was like, is that something you do all the time? No. Why did you pray this week? You didn't have what it took? You know what I did this week when I didn't have what it took? I ate food. <laughs> I gotta say, his wolf got fed and my dog got fed. That's what happened this week in our decisions. Now, I'm not ashamed of that. It's okay, I'm learning. I'm learning how to be full of God's spirit. I'm learning to feed my wolf instead of my dog. 
right? It's okay. You guys, there is no better backdrop to God's miracles than your ordinary life. It's perfect. A desolate, remote place. Hungry people. Miracles. Who feels like you're in a desolate, remote place? Perfect. (laughs) Perfect. Your family, your roommates, your parents, your in-laws, your classmates, your co-workers, your customers, your neighbours. They're all opportunities for your wolf to get fed. That sounded weird. Like we would eat them. (laughs) It's not what I meant. Did anyone else feel like that's what I was saying? I'm not advocating cannibalism. It's not going to be one of our new essentials for faith. Oh, man. You guys, I think, you know, we might want it to be different. We might want it to be no stress, no conflict, no bad job, no weird neighbours, no family drama, no, you know what I mean? We might want all of these other things. We would really like that stress to reduce. And that's just your flesh wanting comfort. All of those things are opportunities for your wolf to get fed by the spirit of the living God who sets the stars in the sky, who raises the sun each morning, who keeps your heart beating. That's what your soul needs, an encounter with him. Keep having spa days. That's fantastic. Keep planning vacations. Absolutely. Do whatever you can to help ease your poor little dog in the dog life that it has. But don't set aside your wolf. Abandoned, malnourished, your spirit. This is the life you're craving. If you're thinking, this is not the life I had hoped for. I kind of had hoped for a little more success, a little more stability. I'd kind of hoped for a little more fun, better friends. I'd kind of hoped my marriage would be more exciting and lovely and less conflict. And, you know, like all the things that we kind of hoped for. That's because your dog is speaking. (laughs) True? The dog doesn't need a better life. The wolf does. The dog needs exactly the same life that you have. Your wolf just needs more muscle, more feeding. True? All right. Galatians says it this way. As you yield freely and fully to the dynamic life and power of the Holy Spirit, you will abandon the cravings of your self-life. For your self-life craves the things that offend the Holy Spirit and hinder him from living free within you. I chose food, Josh chose prayer. That's what that's talking about. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit's intense cravings hinder your old self-life from dominating you. That's a better craving, right? When your wolf cravings are stronger than your dog cravings. So then the two incompatible and conflicting forces within you are your self-life of the flesh and the new creation life of the spirit. But when you are brought into the full freedom of the spirit of grace, you will no longer be living under the dominion, domination of the law, but soaring above it. Oh, you guys, that is the life I want. That is the life I want. My dog doesn't need a new life. My wolf does. Where do we start? Where do we start doing this? I want to suggest that the next time we hit up against something that we don't like or is too hard, that that might be Jesus saying, you feed them. Let's do this, wolf. Let's get it. (laughs) Let's get into it. What we want to do is stress eat or quit our jobs. Next time you hit up against something like that, maybe today at Mother's Day lunch when you're dealing with family drama. I don't know. (laughs) Maybe tomorrow when you're headed back to work. Take a second and go, all right, God, let's go wolf, team wolf. (laughs) Let's do this. In the mundane, remember who you are, more wolf than dog. Don't back away. Don't run away. The more we feed our dog... The more we let the dog win, the less of this goodness we're going to have, soaring above it. Money can't buy that. Vacations can't buy that. You know, great cars can't buy that. New friends can't buy that. The best meal on the planet can't buy that. All of those things fade. All of those things are temporary. 
This is our fuel that we want. This is the answer to everything every human on the planet wants. If you wonder what would have people come to Jesus as they encounter your life, it would be that they meet your wolf, (laughs) not your dog. Honestly, it would be that they encounter the spirit of God in your spirit and not our flesh. True? What do you think, guys? Do we want to live a wolf life? I want to live a wolf life. I want to play that ad every morning when I get up. (laughs) Like, that's right. I'm a wolf. I want wolf food. All right, friends. Let's take communion. Would that be okay? Communion is one of these opportunities for us to go, yeah, I'm in. Have some wolf food. Have some spirit food. Everyone just yawned, a really big yawn. Thank you, VJ. <laughs> oh, a wolf howl. <laughs> Suddenly the worship team is going to be breaking out in wolf howls. I don't know what to do about that, Kurt. <laughs> All right, guys, let's pray for this. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that you just didn't make us to be mediocre. <laughs> Thank you that this, this desire in us to make a difference in the world, to be something, to be someone who matters, that that's actually from you, God, and that we don't have to be special. We don't have to be a special breed. We don't have to be Captain America or Wonder Woman. We don't have to be Superman. We just have to be us plus you. And God, we take this, your body, and we take this, your blood, and we say yes I want to be more wolf than dog. I want to be more spirit than body, than physical. Show me, Lord, the answers to my logistical issues. We need help, God, in the midst of laundry, in the midst of meal planning, in the midst of an email inbox that never quits, in the midst of awkward meetings. God, we need you. We need you, God. We take this communion and this act, we say yes to you. Yes, I'm in. Yes, I choose this life. Take it in your own time, friends.